Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. It's a joy to have you with us today. Pastor Ed leads Fellowship Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. In our series, 50 Shades of They, focusing on fostering impactful and meaningful relationships, we know that building strong connections is not a matter of chance. It demands dedication and effort. In today's message, Who's Invited?, we examine pivotal questions. Who are you inviting into your circle of friends? Perhaps even more crucially, who are you choosing to uninvite? Explore the dynamics of your social circle with us today. This program is just a glimpse of what Pastor Ed has to offer. From global missions to his latest inspirational books and daily devotionals, there's something for everyone. You can find all of this and more at edyoung.com. And here's an exclusive offer for our listeners today. Download a free chapter of Pastor Ed and Lisa's newest book, A Path Through Pain, at edyoung.com. With refreshing vulnerability and power, A Path Through Pain shares their family's journey from sorrow and anger to hope and healing after the tragic and sudden loss of their daughter. As they share their incredible perspective, they will inspire and equip you to believe that there is purpose in your pain, even if you can't see that purpose yet. Now, let's get into today's message titled, Who's Invited? Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. Someone asked me the other day, they said, Ed, you know, you've written a lot of books. How many books have you written? I said, I don't know, 14 or 15. And then they asked the proverbial, how long does it take? for you to write a book? That's a great question. And how do you write a book? So I answered that, but as I answered the question for 50 Shades of They, how long it took me to write this book, here was my answer. 53 years. That's how old I am. It took me 53 years to write this book. I wanna go through some of the principles that I've opened up and talked about here in this book. And I'm just gonna, gonna go through these and, and sort of fly over these very, very quickly. And while I fly over these, while we cruise through these, I want you to think about the they in your existence because a lot of us here need to invite the right they in and invite some of the wrong they out. It's a constant thing. It's not just something we do one time. It's not just something we do several times. We must do this regularly. It's, it's like a commercial fisherman. A commercial fisherman drops the nets, brings in all this fish. The fisherman, though, calls. In other words, they, they take out the stuff that they don't want to keep, like a stingray or maybe a crab or, or maybe a busted bottle or something like that. They're always culling their catch to get the best. In friendships, we have to do this. So I want to ask you, if you're a student, I want to ask you, if you're 4, 24, 54, or 84, who are the they in your life? T, the right they are tough. They're tough. When I use the word tough, I'm not talking about someone who's mean-spirited. I'm talking about someone who is committed. Because when you look at the essence of what it means to be a follower of Christ, when you look at the essence of what true friendship is about or true relational harmony is about, it's about commitment. We live in a culture where feelings rule. It's all about feelings. Go with your heart. I was reading a book a couple of nights ago. Go with your heart, the author said. And I'm like, go with your heart? 
That's gotta be the most jacked up statement ever. Yet, it sounds so sexy because it sounds cool. Like, okay, go, go with my feelings, go with my heart. No, no, you don't go with your heart, you go with commitment. Because so often, our heart, our feelings will lie to us. Commitment, though, means to pledge yourself to a stance no matter what the circumstance. And the right day, it's pledged to your life. If you're dating somebody, if you obviously marry somebody, your best friends, they must be committed to you. They must be tenacious. They must be tough. They must, they must say, okay, I've committed my life to Christ. Jesus is at the center of my life. I'm in a relationship with you. I'm committed to you. H, they've got to be honest. They've got to be honest. The right day in your life and mine, they've got to be people who are honest. They've got to speak the truth in love. Lying or exaggeration or telling you just what you want to hear doesn't work in the relational world. You've got to speak truth. You always clothe it in love. It doesn't mean you're, you're mean-spirited. It doesn't mean that you are argumentative. It means, though, you tell the truth. And too many people have too many relationships where truth is not at the center. Again, it goes back to Jesus. Jesus, totally and completely tough. Jesus, totally and completely honest. To become a Christian, you've got to be honest enough about your condition to establish this friendship, this relationship with God. Every Saturday after one of my messages, one of my different talks, we go up to, to my office and we sit down and we critique the service. We critique the, the welcome to the guests. We critique the, the worship. We critique solos. We critique videos. We critique short films. And sometimes it's not always easy to absorb that. There's not a lot of arguments up there. We receive that, though. We have a climate of critique here at Fellowship. So in your friendship with others, in your marriage, we also should have a climate of critique, helping one another, encouraging one another, which brings me to the next letter, E, T-H-E. E stands for encouragement. I want to be encouraged, not discouraged. I want people to, uh, to applaud me. I don't want people to, to diss me or disrespect me. As you look at the day in your life, are they encouraging? When you see their number or name come up on your phone, are you like, yeah, or are you like, oh, crap? Seriously, seriously. I want to be encouraged because the world is discouraging enough. The world will bring you down. It's the gravity of depravity pulling you down, pulling me down. It's much easier if I brought someone up here on stage to pull me down off of this ledge than for me to lift somebody up. I mean, I'm pretty strong. You know, I can bench, I don't know, last time I, uh, you know, I maxed out a couple days ago at like 445. <laughs> I can lift most people onto this stage, but a lot of people I just can't lift, especially here. Well, anybody, even, even someone who's tiny, could pull me down from this. 
That's the same way it is with the right day or the wrong day. And it's a constant calling, a constant inventory, a constant friend inventory, a constant critique in your dating relationships, even in your marriage. You've got to think that way to go to that next level. So they've got to be tough. They've got to be honest. They've got to be encouraging. And they've got to be yielded to God and to you. They've got to have your back. There are different types of people that we all meet in life. We meet the four yous, those people who are kind of fans, they're in our life for a while, and then they're gone. They come and go, fans come and go. And Dallas is known especially as a fair weather city. Man, when, when something's going great, oh, we're on the bandwagon. Yeah, oh yeah, do it, Cowboys, Mavericks, yeah, Rangers, everybody's a fan. I didn't know you were a fan, oh yeah, I've been a fan. Well, once they start to lose, once they start to, 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 to get ripped off, we start, I mean, we start hating on people. The fair weather people, the, the, the fans, yeah, yeah, I'm for you. And we've had fans cycle in, cycle out at Fellowship Church over the 25-year history. That's part of it. Some, though, are people that are with you. And the with you people are those who are the right day. They're those who are tough. They're those who are honest, those who are encouraging, those who are yielded. They're, they're with you. They're in your corner when everybody bolts. I, I think about the Apostle Paul. He, he rewrites in 2 Timothy about people deserting him. But, but then he talks about a few people who were in his corner, who didn't diss him, who stayed with him. I think about David when he was calling his mighty men together. How did he know if they were mighty or if they were just mousy? He said, are you with me? He didn't say, okay, how, how, how many hours are you spending praying? How many hours are you spending in the, in the Old Testament? No, David didn't say that, are you with me? How about the friends in your life? Are they with you? This is a great thing for managers, a great thing for CEOs, a great thing for anyone in a leadership position, a coach, a teacher. Are they with you? And then, of course, you'll have the people who use you. The use you people are sneaky. They're sly because they'll make you think they're with you, yet then they use you and abuse you. That is where we have to have the big D, discernment. The book of Proverbs is a book about wisdom. And those of us who, who are walking in fullness in our relationship with God and the relationship with the right they, we have to have the big D. We've got to have discernment, making wise choices, being able to read people. As you pray and, and, and as you ask the Holy Spirit of God to lead you, if you have the cringe factor, if you're like, wow, I kind of have a check in my spirit that doesn't seem right, so often it's the Holy Spirit whispering to you, watch out, that's someone who will use you. Those of us who are believers, we extend grace. And when you extend grace, people now and then will put it back in your face. That's part of it. Look what they did to Jesus. Yet, only those people who are close to us can betray us. We learn from that and move on. We love everyone. We swim, though, with just a few. Who are the they in your life? Are they tough? If they're not, invite them out. Are they honest? If they're not, invite them out. Are they encouraging? If they're not, 
Invite them out. Are they yielded? If not, invite them out. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We're halfway through today's incredible message, Who's Invited? And we hope it's been an inspirational part of your day. As we pause for a moment, we want to thank you for joining us and for your continued support. This ministry, focused on sharing the gospel, is possible because of listeners like you. As a token of our gratitude for supporting The Creative Connection, we have a special gift for you. We'd love to send you a complimentary copy of Pastor Ed and Lisa Young's newest book, A Path Through Pain. This is a powerful book they wrote after the sudden death of their oldest daughter, Lee Beth. They share profound truth that even in the darkest moments, pain and joy can coexist. To receive your free copy, visit edyoung.com. It's our way of saying thanks for your gift to help take the hope of Jesus to people around the world. And if today's message has touched your heart, consider supporting us. Your contributions, no matter the size, help us continue spreading God's word and bring hope to many. Visit edyoung.com to learn how you can make a difference. Now, let's continue with today's message, Who's Invited? You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. So what are you going to do, students? Parents, what are you going to do? Oh, I heard it again. I heard it again. I was out of town. Lisa and I were eating breakfast at a restaurant. And here's what this lady told us. We began to talk. What do you do for a living? You know, always, when people ask me that question, I, I can't wait to tell them because I love to watch their eyes. It's like this. For some reason, they don't expect Lisa and I to be pastors. So, what do you do for a living? Uh, we're pastors. They're waiting for me to say, oh, just joking, but <laughs> really? Well, you know, I've heard it a million times. I have a daughter, and, you know, I'll bring her to church some, but I want her to make up her own mind about spiritual things. Wow, that's so tragic, my heart hurts. Parents, we're parents, we're leaders. When they're under our roof, we need to be in the house. And they don't have an option whether or not to attend the house. And if we're smart, we're gonna know what they're texting, we're gonna know what they're Emailing, we'll know if they're Snapchatting. We'll know, we, we, need to be, we need to be monitoring them and knowing them so well. We need to watch who the they are in their life. We have to. We teach them and train them, the Bible says, to do what? To leave. Teaching, training, to leave. Teaching, training, to leave. As a man looks, the book of Proverbs says, at his face in a mirror, so the friends are that he chooses. We teach them how to choose the right friends. And their friends, the people that they run with, the people that they hang out with, are gonna be the same people, mom and dad, that you hang out with. So, what are you gonna do? There's a vacuum, you live the life of Christ, you fill the vacuum, God always has it filled better when we go his way. 
Are we going to teach this? Don't be mismatched. Don't be unequally yoked with non-believers. We have friends, but we only have fellowship with people that we're close to, that we're intimate with. The Bible says this over and over and over again. From the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, from Israel claiming the promised land to Jesus picking the disciples, the inner circle, the right they, it's throughout scripture. We have to make these decisions. We have to be smart about these decisions because they can keep you away from what God wants you to do. The biblical bodybuilder Samson is yet again another story about it. Samson had more potential than almost anyone who ever lived. He is the story of the wrong day. The Bible said that Samson disobeyed God and his parents. His parents said, how about, I mean, obviously Samson, God says you should hang out with Jewish people, with people who follow the Lord. And Samson said, no, no, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And the Bible said, Samson, here's the story of his life. Samson, here is the net effect of his life, went down to Timnah. Where's Timnah? A Philistine city. He never recovered from that. Never. Popularity, insecurity, peer pressure. I'll drink this, I'll smoke that. I'll sleep with this person just so I can be popular, man. Just so I can be the man. Just so I can be the girl. And then, and then, and then, and then, go back to your high school reunions and look at the people. They're still stuck in the muck and the mire of being unequally yoked. They're still going in circles. They're still scattering seeds, sowing their wild oats, and praying for a crop failure, going through marriage after marriage, friendship after friendship, still playing the game, and they're crazy. They're insane. If Jesus is not the center of your life, you have a form of insanity. So if you're not right with Christ, I'm telling you, after a while, you can go crazy. If you don't have the right they in your life, after a while, you're going to go whack-a-doodle-doo. You can't live it. Look what Solomon did. I talked about him last week. Went crazy. Look at Samson. Crazy. Samson, the biblical bodybuilder, having a haircut in the devil's salon. Come on, man, sleeping with high-priced call girls. Samson, God's man, God's appointed and anointed. The guy who's going to start delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. He's doing that. It's unbelievable. I'm telling you, man, the wrong they will mess you up. The right they, though, will help you. Let's talk about the right they. Here's some things in 50 Shades of They. Remember the right they? They're tough, they're honest, they're encouraging, and they're yielded. Here's just shade 19. I'm going to fly through this. Who am I? Who am I? With the right they, they will teach you and applaud your uniqueness. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If they fall down, they can help each other up. But pity those who fall and have no one to help them. Think about Paul, again, the Apostle Paul, in the book of 2 Timothy. He's in prison, and you, you see him writing and yearning for his friends, just a few of them, to come to his aid to help him. We get 
Our primary props from God, our secondary props from the right day. Friends, though, are there to help, to assist, because we're all going to go through tough times. And that's why it's so huge to have the right day who reflect God's priorities, who point us back to God as opposed to the things of the world. That's so, so important. Who am I? If I compare myself to the wrong they, I become them. If I'm with the right they, they are going to encourage me in my uniqueness. The moment I look at the wrong they, I become one of them and I've lost my uniqueness. But as I'm around the right day, as they point me to God, I go, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. No one has my walk, my talk, my laugh, my insight. You're robbing yourself of your uniqueness when you play the comparison game. And the right day, they're not going to do that. Oh, there's another one. This is awesome. Shade 45, drawbridge. You know those old-timey castles? They had a drawbridge. If the enemy was coming, everybody be safe and secure. No one could get in. The drawbridge. But they said, okay, let's let people in. Let the people in. Then people will come in. When E.J. was younger, he had this castle, and he had all these different castle men, and we would play, you know, like different men against other men. So I called one group the castlemen. <laughs> they lived in the castle. They had this, these gray uniforms on. And I think I called the other guys the bad guys. So we would play, and I would take the castlemen in the castle and had a little drawbridge. And the drawbridge would come up, and then the bad guys... Uh, uh, usually EJ would be with the bad guys. They could not get in the castle. And just last week, we were playing the game, and EJ was all upset. He started throwing castlemen everywhere. No, I'm kidding. When he was younger, we did that. When he was like, you know, three or four, five. But, but that's so true about the drawbridge. Who are you letting into your life? Who are you letting out of your life? The castlemen are the right they. The castlemen. They belong in the castle. The other guys, they're the bad guys. They don't belong in the castle. One of the things I'd have to say about Fellowship Church over the last 25 years, we are a church of the they. We're a church of the they. They always have something to say, and they will keep us where God wants us to be every single day. When it comes to relationships, God is not gray. He's about the they. And that's why we're about the they. So as I look back over the 53 years of my life, God, I thank you for the right they in my life. God's way works. 50 shades of they. 
Thank you for being with us today on The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We hope that the message, Who's Invited?, has empowered you to make deliberate choices about inviting the right individuals into your life and navigating the necessary steps to part ways with those who may not align with your purpose. Your support is so important in helping us share the gospel of Jesus with a hurting world. As a token of our gratitude, we're offering you a free copy of A Path Through Pain by Pastor Ed and Lisa Young. Visit edyoung.com to claim your book and learn more about how you can support Ed Young Ministries. In our upcoming session of the series, 50 Shades of They, we explore authenticity in relationships, distinguishing between what is genuine and real from what remains in fantasy and superficiality. Stay connected with us at edyoung.com for more enriching content and opportunities to be part of what God is doing through the Creative Connection. Thanks for listening. Until next time, God bless.